What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the August Forum Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew, and I'll be sharing the stories of fashion industry professionals, creatives, and entrepreneurs about their journeys and experiences as they advance within this ever-growing industry. The August Forum, as an extension of the shop itself, allows you to have the ability to listen to those in the space. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, trying to break into the fashion industry, or just curious about the ins and outs, we hope these stories will help you to achieve your goals. So the 29th episode of the August Farm Podcast and the first episode of 2024, I'm excited to bring you all Justin Marcus, owner of Marcus, a contemporary fashion retailer based out of Portland, Oregon. Justin is a special friend of the shop and has allowed his retailer to develop into a fashion staple. So having the chance to have this opportunity to speak with him today was truly amazing. With that, in this episode, we discuss Justin's journey from studying photography at the University of Wisconsin-Madison to going back to Portland and being the owner of two retailers, first Local 365 and Moccas, which we all know today. We continue to talk about his own development of his own private label and how he's grown the Moccas brand to be outside of the retail space. So get ready to hear all of his own takes, anecdotes, and stories within the confines of the Portland fashion scene and how we all continue to navigate this ever-changing space. This is the August Forum. All right. For today's episode of the August Forum podcast, we have a special friend of the shop here, Justin Marcus. Justin, how are we doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me. No, of course, man. Glad to have you. I mean, before we get started, before, you know, we really dive deep into your brand and your store, I think, you know, if the people don't know who you are, introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? All that, you know, generic intro stuff. Yeah, my name is Justin Mackis. I own Mackis out in Portland, Oregon. We've had a shop. My wife and I started it 12 years ago. Originally in 2003, started a store called Local 35. That mm. was, I was 25 at the time and kind of came from a active lifestyle of uh, skiing and mountain biking. So a right. lot of that stuff was kind of a, you know, for me, it was just natural fashion transition. It was nothing that was high fashion, anything that was like conceptual. It was very right. much like jeans and printed <laughs> tea. Early 2000. Right. Whatever, whatever you just what, needed. Yeah. If you just needed yeah, something. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was, it was your basic hoodie, tea, jeans shop. 100%. That yeah. Well, well, as I met people in the industry, you know, we, we launched WSC in the US mm -hmm. back in the day, which was super fun. Rika and Furley and uh, nudie was kind of like nudie came later on when we started getting more into like higher ends denim and whatnot and right. did huge mix with me. and it was, uh, you know, the, the, the store was very much driven around art photography and just kind of like a casual culture. It was very, mm. it was very cool store. It was very much your neighborhood up, just go in and grab a cool t-shirt that was hard to find and maybe you know, maybe some jewelry that was inexpensive, but still rare and hard to find and cool stuff. And, you know, very event driven. There's always DJs and parties. And I literally had no idea what I was doing. And it's just, <laughs> and consistently painting the outside of the store, consistently right. paint inside, uh, changing, you know, going to Home Depot every weekend to get right. pieces of wood, make new it's structures weird concepty like i it was literally whatever i wanted to do and <laughs> trying to see if i could make it work and it was just blood sweat and tears and it was right. really really it was really fun and, uh, and yeah and then after that eight years with local and then opened macus after that and then here we are with macus 
I was going to say, it's like that analogy we were using before we started recording, just like throwing, throwing shit at the wall. That's what that totally. seemed like. <laughs> yeah. Like, what can I do with this piece of plywood in, right. to make it a cool concept display? You know? I was going to say, even would, with, yeah, even with local, you know, like even in the early 2000s, like Hurley and even Nudie, like those are still like brands back in the day that were like people, you know, there was a consumer market for that. And people really like that stuff. You know, that's like, it like made sense to be able to be in that market right then and there. Is that, is that something that you ever kind of miss? You're like, man, that almost, again, you still are very much like involved in like the Portland community. But like for you, it's like being almost this quote unquote neighborhood retailer that, you know, you kind of recognize almost every single person's face type of, do you ever kind of miss that? You know, we still have it, which is cool because I have never gone with the concept of multi, you know, multi-store or right. I've never want to be outside of the business personally. Like I, mm. I hear her six days a week, no matter really? what. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not, nothing's changed in that aspect. We're still doing events and we're still doing parties and we're still doing mm. stuff. It's still mildly more sophisticated, but yeah. I wouldn't, I would, sophisticated is the wrong word. It's more yeah. They're, they're, they're just like, you've kind of like better grown. Beard. It's, it's like, better it's like beard. Better. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah. You know, so, or, you know, we're still, fashion is so pretentious and it's such a gnarly industry when you right. get down to, you start selling in the brands of the couture, of mm -hmm. the Rick Owens world. And I yeah. like Rick, it's, for me, it's a flagship. It's for me, it's like what I want people to kind of equate with the store mm -hmm. as like yeah pinnacle pinnacle of the shop right what's right. the one people think of when they come in the store they, it's, yeah it, rick or something akin to that and as much as i like that stuff i am not i don't drink the kool-aid thoroughly <laughs> you can't like, i you can't you know like i i i i like the i really like um i, I wear it on a daily basis it's not it's, mm -hmm. it's a uniform Nothing right. that's out that's more than that. It's literally, you know, I'm not living and breathing what the season was for mm -hmm. 20. It's like it's like implementing it into your daily life, but not letting it like almost overtake you in that kind of regard. Right. And right. not letting it absolutely you know, it can be, you know, what maybe people come into the store for, but it doesn't represent the full like Marcus branding. And it so right, you know what I mean? You totally. know, we're, I mean, we're gonna, like, yeah. we're gonna talk about yeah, you know your private label. Yeah, yeah I feel like it. we're I feel like we're jumping ahead a little bit. Well, then yeah. that goes to my next question. You kind of like kind of answered this a little bit, but like, you know, for me, I ask all my guests this. But like, what is like your day to day uniform? If you know people were to first meet you and they're like, you know, what's your uniform? What are, what are you gonna say? I mean, what he's wearing right now. I was gonna yeah. say what he's. It seems like what he's wearing right now. Yeah, literally, it's it's it's. I mean, for, for the most part, it's a pair of Creech cargos and a and a and right. some uh, sweater jumper and. Jewelry, you silver jewelry. Either, either, yeah, a pair of weightings are up of Rick's. There like, you go. Literally every day. Yeah, that's yeah. What do you, it doesn't what, really change. What do you think of, you know, this is, this is like someone that's very much, you know, now we're in the day and age of like social media and like the big like fashion trends being on social media. What did you think of the Rick trend like blowing up all over social media for probably, let's say, I don't know, over a little over a year at this point now where everybody's, you know, not only like making fun of the brand, not making fun of the brand, I'd say, you know, poking at it a little bit. Like, what do you do think of that? Yeah. I mean, you know, we had the brand since 2012. Yeah. I actually, 2010, I think I had it transitionally from the old store into the new store. 
And, you know, we, I just approach, like I said, I kind of approach Rick differently than a lot of people for the, right. in, in terms of fashion uh, crowd. And it's more of an everyday wear for me. And it's not like a, it's not your, yeah, your, your, I don't know how you were like, yeah, it's not your flex piece. It's not your thing right. that you're like, you know, to show off. It's literally mm-hmm. something that I feel comfortable in. I wear every day. And that's kind of how we approach buying it for the shop too. So when that whole kind of bubble happened or is happening, I still feel like, um, I'm just going to ride it and write it through. Um, right. it, it really, it, it, the customer base changed a little bit, but not to the point that it's hurting anything. And mm-hmm. Rick has more longevity, like that aesthetic has more longevity than the given trend. But I also think that trend is going to be probably going to last a long time in a micro level, whether or not right. it's as big as it is. It's hard to say, but you know, right. the youth seem to be like really into it. And I think that's probably going to be there for a very, very long time. In I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. It, even, you know, I asked that question because it's almost like, you know, fashion in itself is cyclical. It always is going to be cyclical. And it seems like, you know, at this point in time now, this younger generation is now finding Rick and finding, you know, Maybe some are drinking the Kool-Aid a lot more than others. But again, it seems like, you know, once this quote unquote, not bubble bursts in a way, there will always be like remnants of it in this more micro level. And that's kind of seem, it seems like what you're kind of saying and what you're kind of like embracing a little bit, even with the store, it's just, like, you know, how you buy it. It's not like you're drinking the Kool-Aid, but instead you're kind of like allowing it to blend in with the shop and blend in with the brand itself. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, I, I think Rick looks better on older people right in general like i really like people you know i'm not saying that anyone, not anyone can wear it it's just like i love seeing like older crowd getting into rick because i think it looks right. really great on 100 yeah it's just it, no it, it, no it, no so no 10 year old wearing rick is that what you're saying <laughs> like the, the like the yeah i think it gets worn like the, the the younger kids wearing it often can be worn by the brand and yeah. people know their their vibe and know what they're comfortable in mm-hmm. and they right versus you know versus being worn by something and looking 100%. like you're you're kind of it can it can look silly to be you know <laughs> that's true so yeah 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 hundred percent but as we move past you know what you wear day to day. The other question I always ask all my guests is like, what have you been listening to recently? What's on rotation for you? Yeah, it's funny. That's very, very, very opposite of dark, <laughs> dark Rick worlds. I, I listen to a lot of Americana, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wrote down a couple. So yeah, Zach Ryan, Gregory nice. Al and Lana Del Rey were my most recent. And then M83, new album is great. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kind of my recent, I was gonna, last Zach, Brian, Zach, Brian on the first one that you named is really interesting. I'd say he's, I think he's very much this new age Americana. I'd say, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm someone that's just getting into Zach Brian now, even personally. And I'm like, I'm drinking his Kool-Aid to be honest. Yeah. 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 So it's like, it's, it's for me, like I, I, I love old country. Mm-hmm. It feels like old country. It's, it's right. like, it's not twangy. It's not corny. It's <laughs> not it's like, it's proper old country. And that's, I got back into, well, I, I started playing guitar in 21, like post pandemic. Uh-huh. Right. Like you're home all 
and was listening to Randy Carlisle all the time and mm. her guitar playing. And I was like, I, I miss this music. And I'm so glad that there's like this kind of resurgence of singer songwriter that doesn't right. sound, you know, it's not conceptual and it, but it's also not twangy. So right. I just kind of find, and it, it, it's, it's great that, you know, Zach has an audience now because that it is like so low, produ low production and mm -hmm. so raw. It's fun. And yeah. then, you know, Lana and uh, Gregory Allen Isaacoff is very much in that world as well. It's very, right. well. Bon Iver meets mm. his Wisconsin boy. I was going to say Bon Iver, Eau Claire, Wisconsin <laughs> boy. Yep. Where's he? Fond du Lac? I forgot where he is. He's somewhere up there. I, yeah, I... I thought he was, is he not? He's from Eau Claire, right? Am I? Claire. Put it yeah, I gonna, he's, he's, from, he's from, yeah, he's yeah, from he, Eau Claire. Not, yeah. He's a, he's a true in, true out Wisconsin boy. One of his, his guitarists or someone from his band just recently played at the university here, actually. So again, so yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. I, I don't remember the name, uh, but I was going to say he played at the union here at UW and it seems like his entire band is just Wisconsin through and through. So. Shout out Bon Iver, oh, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> you listen to the Donna Bon Iver. So, oh, really? Um, At the shop? Is that is that like a repeated oh, artist? Yeah. Who has who has control of the music when you're when you're in the shop? Is it you? All of us. We wrote really? it. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we might work stuff. Yeah. You get a lot of a lot of things sound to each other. That I mean, like for me too. Like I was never in something like that. Right? So I yeah, think one kind of. I think it's almost this, this funny competition of trying to show each other. We, but like, because somebody when you get Justin to has, what is it? That's when you're like, okay, okay, so yeah, yeah. no, yeah, we change it up all the time, and it's always, you know, the music is a huge part of the store for having. There's, you know, you go, you go into boutiques, and there's some that are just either really quiet or it's not yeah. a big deal. We, it's a very, very major of our of the biz for sure. Yeah, well, for us, it's we all kind of take turns with it. But then once Rob comes into the shop, when it's Rob's day, he's coming into the shop, he takes control. It's almost like he comes in and we like just unplug and it's, like, it's your turn. And he loves, he loves playing his reggae. He also loves this guy named DJ Candlestick. It's sometimes it's a little much, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. You know, like sometimes we, I, I just want to listen, you know, Sister Nancy, one of my coworkers really loves Sister Nancy. I love Sade. I'll play Sade at the shop a lot. So it's a lot of like R&B for us, I think, uh, a little bit more than, you know, Bon Iver and a little more Americana, which I'm always so super curious about, especially with boutiques. It's like, what do you play, you know? Because that's such a big part yeah. of the story, like how you say, you know, for maybe some people it's not as important, but, you know, I think for for someone that loves visiting other boutiques and loves visiting other stores, it's like, I love hearing what they play and what their kind of vibe and aesthetic is with the shop, you know, even like sonically rather than visually. Totally. And on a side note, I heard this yesterday, I really liked it. It was called the Cartoons. Mm. You know them? Oh, yeah. It's a cartoon. Is it Cartoons with a Z or something? Come Can you get it? Let's see. That's oh, okay. It's all audio anyways. They won't, they won't see yeah, it. Yeah, it's called, <laughs> called Homeground. But it's like Soul from 2022. Right. Yes. Yes. It, I, it popped up really on my it popped up my radio the other day. Okay. Yeah. I heard it at a at a at a, at a coffee shop. And I was like, this is great. So yeah. So other just like other other versions and other genres of music. Again, these are all. I, I'm I'm a big person of on Spotify with each artist. Like I'll just choose an artist for the day and then play their radio. So that if I will oh, generate yeah. like a radio for them, so I love doing that. That's like my big thing because I think if I do a playlist 
people will just get sick of it. They'll be like, we've you've heard this, we've heard this playlist all the time. Is it the yeah, same we, for you guys or no? We do, yeah, we do albums or radios pretty frequently. We tend to do full albums, but oh, really? Okay, we're yeah, not, we're not full albums. We're not full albums type of people, to be honest. I think, <laughs> I think if I did a full album, I'd get kicked off pretty quickly after four okay. songs. Depending on what the depending depending on the artist, you know, I don't think I could I don't think I could play Lana Del Rey's new album fully at the shop. I mean, I think I could play a few songs off the album, but not fully. I'd say. That's fair enough. Okay, let's get let's get back on track. So again, you know, we we really mentioned the shop a lot, and you know, we're I'm really what I really want to talk about today is again like the development of your own private label and kind of like how you guys really started that off and like how you know you've kind of grown Marcus not outside of the retail space, but. Before we talk a little bit about the shop and, you know, all that, like, you want to just quickly run through, like, your own, like, personal journey? Like, what got you from, you know, point A to now point B, where you're at now? Yes, I I grew up working on State Street with my mm-hmm. grandpa, my mom, and my dad. So Urban Outfitters on State yeah. was my mom's work. Um, oh, and that, I used to work at that, that Urban was Outfitters. Called, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one on stage. I used to work at that one. Yeah, so that that was Rupert Cornelius, or uh, Rupert mm-hmm. Cornelius, which was my grandfather's store. And it was women's. And it was the whole store. It's a, I mean, it's a huge store. It's probably right. It's huge. 5,000. Right? Yeah. Massive. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up, I would work there on the weekends and I would sell swatches as like a 12-year-old, 13-year-old wow. kid. I like college kids. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I, d- I distinctly remember selling swatches. That was like the one thing. And then helping mom with, 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 you know, whatever right. project she had. My, my grandpa had his office in the back with a giant hammerhead shark that he caught wow. in Florida once over, over, I mean, it looked like, <laughs> a, like a, like a homegrown version of succession or something. It was just like, <laughs> um, so we'd hang out and that was kind of, that was th- that. And then across the street, he had a store called Insignia. And mm, Insignia, yeah. I think just recently changed. Its it name. just changed. Um, yeah. But- I, I I forgot what it was, but I used to remember when I first got to Madison, like Insignia. I've always, I was always so curious yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. It was Insignia, the game on the other side of that, of that yep. alley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Name the Game brought Insignia over. Yeah. Um, I think so. Oh, uh, I worked at Insignia for the same amount of time, actually more mm-hmm. actively because it was, younger audience and it was right. like it help all summer and do you know big sales and on um, what's the state what's uh state street sale weekend oh maxwell street days actually three days oh yeah. we you so we did, you used to do maxwell you used to do maxwell oh, too yeah. oh yeah, yeah. maxwell is a all hands on deck i think anybody that lives in madison that's been to a maxwell street like being on the oh, other yeah. side of it working it chaos just Mayhem. pure chaos Mayhem. that's all it is yeah we yeah, I'd have uh, I'd I'd be like the little kid sitting on top of a uh, ladder with a megaphone, yelling. Really? Yeah. So yeah, and that that star was my grandfather's. He he sold Rupert Cornelius uh, mm. to my mom. My mom oh, wow. closed okay. the one on street that she moved to Hilldale. Okay. And then had that for another like 30, 20 years. And then Grandpa just stayed on state with Insignia as long as he mm-hmm. could, and just. Like, had a fun little business and we'd go to state street brats for lunch and yeah was really fun like i just i i was there all the time and then my dad where discount den was i don't even know if discount dens i don't think anymore. i don't think discount den's there anymore i don't even know no, across the street across the street from urban and yeah. next across the alley from brats was discount den which is my dad's store wow okay so Ur- 
So you're so it's like brats right here, and then this would have been where discount that. So that's an entire apartment building now. It's like they just completely okay. So they took down that entire like area and they just made it like this huge like upscale like apartment building. Okay, so that's where discount dead was. Okay, and then then before that was my dad's store, which was Justin Russell, and that was a a high end men's store. Wow. So you've had so much history with retail in your family. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then to go further, which is seems crazy, but the overture center, the top, yes. the, the corner facade of the over, overture center, the yep. part that they kept, yep. that was the Kesnick building. And that's my grandmother's dad. Wow. You guys had a whole like family business of State Street. Yeah. yeah. Well, in Ball State. Yeah. So the Kesnick <laughs> building is now the overture center that yeah. that whole facade mm-hmm. was like apartment st- store was a wow. and Kesnick i didn't even know there was a department store there of what was now yeah. what is now the overture which is you know they've really they've really made that space i mean they it's all glass now it's like beautiful it's like very much upscale yeah. now over there yeah yeah it's really pretty yeah but yeah so, so that you, was like and like all i did was stay on state street 100 percent. yeah did you did you know you wanted to go in back into retail then was that something that you're no, I would lips adamantly. Is that why you went to like your, you did your studies in photography? Cause you're like, I just got to get yeah. out of it. Yeah. 100%. I was like, I originally it was going to be wildlife biology. Right. Okay. And then switch to photography. Okay. Um, and, and then would still over, even in college would come home and work for my mom mm-hmm. and, and, and state or in Helldale. So right. always knew. And then kind of in the back of my head knew that if I did have a store, hype what it would be like ah this is like uh, right I could, right you know i could do this this might be kind of fun and then it kind of crept in more and more as like i'm mm-hmm. older so yeah wow it's like it's like the lineage like continues yeah it's, it's wild and then everyone <laughs> every every generation that did it a little bit different you know right. like my right great father had this grandiose department store <laughs> and then my Mom had this, you know, then my grandpa had a, a huge women's store and mm-hmm. all these, like, he had a thing called the Copper Rivet, which was, I think at one point had 15 or 20 stores in the Midwest. And wow. it was like directly Crazy. trying to compete with early day gap. And that wow. was, and he totally lost. And, yeah, and, I, mean, and I think, and, you know, big spoiler there that they lost. And it was this whole shit thing and found, saw, you know, saw him kind of consolidate back to just Rupert Cornelius right. and insignia and just mm-hmm. becomes um so a lot of my kind of apprehension for for growing comes from like you know history family history lesson right right i mean again so, we i think if i'm remembering correctly insignia now is like very much like wisconsin year ish i think they do a lot of like brewers badgers packers like anything wisconsin sports like that's what insignia is back in the day it was only badgers it was really? only only like I, you know, champion was like the nice stuff that we would fold mm-hmm. in the store, right? Like Russell Atlas and then like cheaper stuff. And it was just right. like three t-shirts for 25 and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, we, we would stay up late if like for 96 Rose Bowl champ, when, wow. when that happened. I was going to say, what, what would happen then? Getting on the fax machine, sending <laughs> a fax the second that they looked like they were going to win to say go for the hats to make it the hats wow. printed that he could get the hats as quick as he could back in insignia to sell them. And then, and then how was that when like you, everything came onto the floor, just flooded of just people oh. like, 
thousands and thousands of 96. Yeah. But you had to wait until, the, you know, and it was literally a fast and it was, I think it said go on production. Something. <laughs> it's like a and big, my gran- it's like a big like, green button that your, your grandpa just like pressed basically. Or like I, it was the fax machine was in the living room next to the television <laughs> and it was like, got it like ready to go. It was like, right. And he just loved technology. So it was like the second that it looked like they were going to win, it was like, go. And imagine, be- but imagine on that game, you know, the moment that you thought it just like, boom, and it completely yep. went the other way. And he already right oh, yeah. to go. You're sitting on thousands of, oh, but now I feel like now in this day and age, I mean, like, if someone were to get a hold of that and like that piece of history, like actually Wisconsin didn't win. I feel like now people would have loved that. But I guess back in the day, yeah. not really, not really what people were looking for. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, so something we talked about a little bit was about you and your photography. So you you went to college. You went to a private liberal arts college. What was that called? It was like right, Northland College. But then you did your last year back at UW, right? And then you did your um, studies in photography. So something I'm just curious about for you is, you know, how do you kind of like utilize like photography in your own creative outlet, I guess, is the best way to kind of ask that question. Yeah, I mean, it's just something that's I never stop doing. It's not like right. a, something I look at as a work-related project. It's something mm. like I'm off, I'm taking shots. And on my days at the store, I'm taking shots. It's literally right. just kind of with me No, Do you just use like a regular point it. and shoot or like what kind of like cameras you use? I'm kind of curious. I have a plethora of, of options, you know, <laughs> shoot a lot of film. That's what I grew up on. Right, 100%. Was, uh, like me... Like I was a photographer for a newspaper. I was the head photographer for the Northern Wisconsin newspaper for wow. three years. Wow. Which was congratulations. <laughs> best job I've ever had. Really? Like, yeah. would, be, would be up there between this and and that. <laughs> that was well, what made it what what made it so special? And what would you say the Northern Wisconsin newspaper? Yeah, oh yeah. The Daily Press. Wow. So what what made it so special? What made it like up there with being the owner of Marcus as like your best job ever. I mean, you, you literally roll into work on wearing like the dirtiest Carhartt <laughs> outfit. Cause you're just a, I was a college kid. Right. Right. So the grimiest kid. Right. With, with amount of ambition and, and, and interest in the, in the, in the, in the profession. Yeah. And I would roll in, get a list of, projects for the day or of, of topics that I needed from the editor. Yeah. And she'd get, here's a priority list. I need this done and this done and this done. And sometimes it'd be nothing because it's Northern Wisconsin. And right. you'd just be like, go. What kind of, what kind of news is going out there? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like some days it's really, some days it's like, we have nothing. Go take a f- cool photo. Yeah. And to have every morning to go in and be like, okay, just make something happen out of this. Uh, it was amazing. And I'd go out and do a film. It was always on film. You go out, shoot it, and spend the whole day shooting. Come back to just develop your own film. Right. Scan it. Yeah. On a, it was like, a, it was ba- essentially like a Macintosh word processor. It was like the Mac one or whatever. The, right, right. And uh, then give it to the editor. And then that was it. But it was just like. It's every day that's like, you're doing it. You're like. It's like your grind. It's like that was that a lot of people like that grinding mentality. Yeah, but it was, it was in school at the same time. So I would right. finish, you know, college classes and then go mm. to work at the, and try to mix it all together. And I, I managed to make it so that I could have my 
time at the Daily Press also count towards college. So photography program at Northland, it was it was fine, but it wasn't like what they're known for. They're like, if you want to develop, you've got a really amazing job. Let's just keep you there. Right. Just, you know, report back periodically on your 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 work. Well, that's kind of where I yeah, that's kind of how I learned to be like, okay, so we're coming into work today. Let's make something cool happen. Mm, Yeah. What's it gonna be? And it you know, you're not making something necessarily we're not gonna sit around and have a coffee meeting and talk about it for five days. Yeah. It has to be done. So that's kind of where I like that idea of the daily press side uh, mm-hmm. aspect of it, where you come in, you're, you're given a task and you have to have it done by that day. You know, it's not perfection. It's just as good as you can make it for the day. And it's up to right. you to kind of raise that bar as high as possible. Right. Wow. That's cool. I, I, again, this is something that like, again, a lot of people probably didn't know is that you worked at the Daily Press in Northern Wisconsin, back yeah. in Northland College. Who, who would have known that, you know? <laughs> But for you now, again, this is another question I had. And it's just like, we talked about this um, beforehand with, you know, just artists in general, like Body and Cities Rest and who, you know, came into the shop and did a local pop up with it within Marcus. But like for you, maybe it could be photographers, can be out, you know, it can be just graphic designers, anybody. But like, who are some of your favorite like artists within, you know, even your own community or just people that you kind of like see? Doing great work. Oh, nice. You know, I tend like being, I was, it was, you know, in the 90s training under photography, under right. classic, I tend to lean towards like classic film photographers as inspiration. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the Henry Cartier-Bressons and the, and the mm-hmm. Sam, I got taught by Sam Abel at Santa Fe, which was wow. an amazing experiment. So, mm-hmm. um, but then the kind of whimsicalness of Elliot Erwitt and New York mm-hmm. street style photography. Um, but then also, you know, I, I'm really in awe of this new age of kind of photographer blog guys like yeah. that, that are making, making their way in this new era of photography. And this is kind mm-hmm. of something that I'm 24 is kind of like, how does that, you know, instead of being like just doing kind of a nineties approach to film and then putting it right. digitally to kind of like mix it all together, but make it 2024, you know, right. And guys like. Jake, Ch- I don't know Ch- Ch- his last name officially, but at least he can still by Jake Chams, um, who's a YouTube photographer, um, mm. a blogger, extraordinaire, and a good friend of ours for the shop. And just like an amazing attention to detail and, and concepting with what he does in terms of like production value and everything. And it's just kind of like a, it's a, it's a really interesting angle. Um, right. kind of the, the guys like Peter McKinnon, you know? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. photography in its pure form, but making it very contemporary. Um, right. Technology, you know? It's just kind of like being innovative, like utilizing photography to be like more innovative within your own work and kind of like, you know, again, how you kind of mentioned like a little bit more contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's cool to see, you know? So I'm excited to kind of like dive more into that aspect of, of shooting. So, yeah. Is that, is that something again? I have this way down in my questions, of course, but is, is that something that you want to learn in 2024? Is that the skill? It's on there. <laughs> is that what you put down there? In 2024? Yeah, literally it is work on filming and editing and doing actual videography, which I would like to do. Um, I was going to say, do you, do we want to talk a little bit about what you mentioned before? What was it? You worked at the shop one day and you mentioned Marcus Media. Is that something exactly. else? We just... That's the story of that. So that that's very likely a an outlet for the shop is right. You know, 
I would love, I went, I, when I was in Utah as a ski bum, I took a summer class for, for filming at the University mm-hmm. of Utah and made shark films all summer. And it was wow. phenomenal. That's a great it. opportunity. Yeah. So good. So I really, I love doing film work and editing. So I kind of want to get back into that and see if that's something that we can kind of utilize for the shop too. That'd be awesome. That's something else that we kind of mentioned before. You're just throwing it at the wall, hoping, hoping it sticks. Totally. <laughs> I'd be a, a small bit, really, you know, right. what it all comes hundred percent. You're, you know, there's no, we don't have stockholders or, mm-hmm. you know, multi, you know, multiple people at the, at the table sitting there right. wondering that we have to run ideas past. We can, right. We're just, just do we can strike and that's great. If it doesn't, it's not a huge deal. Right. As we now keep talking about Marcus here, I think we're finally at the meat and potatoes of the episode here. We again, talked about local, but after eight years of local, you transition into Marcus, which is now basically one of the big staples of Portland's like culture and not only like the fashion scene, but also just the culture itself. But like looking back, like almost now 12 years of Marcus, like what made you kind of like transition out of local into what it is now today? Yeah, I I never actually really mentioned any of this. It wasn't like public knowledge, but I I had cancer at the end of local 35 Okay, and and got really, really sick, raked from that for a minute, just kind of like let the staff take over for a little while. Yeah, hundred percent. And then I kind of got disheartened with just, I felt like I was filling people's closets with stuff that was just kind of basic Mm. clothes, Mm. nothing Mm -hmm. that was exciting to me. It's all mundane. And and I I was kind of like, if I was going to come back into it post treatment, what was that going to be? to get me excited again. It was, I had a lot of downtime, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that it is, I'm gonna, you know, reevaluate what's important for me. Mm-hmm. Create, that creative outlet was like, okay, everything kind of shifted. And I was like, wanted to create something that was a store that wasn't driven towards that specific core. I mean, it was literally Local 35. We were in 35th and Hawthorne. There is nothing more like specific to a spot than that right. name. Right. It was very, like a Hawthorne store in Portland. Right. Um, and the idea of creating something that had longevity and mm. that could as big or as small as I wanted, mm-hmm. but dependent on the name was really important to me and something that could have its own private label or not, didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It could have offshoots to any project It could have, it was just limitless, right? Something, right. something that could change and evolve. And it just felt like that was the right time. And I had I, I also spent eight years getting to know the industry better and had right. different con- with everybody. And I, I just feel like I was motivated and, and, and excited to dive into a totally new category and just kind of like mm-hmm. push my connections forward a little bit more. And I, you know, I, I took the chance once in the beginning at local and didn't, wasn't really afraid of the second time. Right. That was going to be my question. Like, were you, were, how, that's got to be scary though, you know, in, in some sort of way, I guess you weren't, but I think to most people, you know, transitioning into a whole new, new space, I'd say must've been like a little bit like there must've been some anxiety. Yeah, totally. I thought a lot of people thought it was like shooting yourself in your foot because local was ex- totally by all means, like successful business. Right. Yeah. Um, and it just, to me, it didn't have any legs. And it was a very much like a, a chapter. Right. And it was, was an awesome spot. And it was, and, and 
I mean, and to the, to the success of the store, it got renamed after I left and, and is basically mm-hmm. the same kind of store successful right. now. Right. So, you know, we were onto something and we had a really great uh, concept right. and yeah, it, it was right. just, it was just for me professionally, I, I, I didn't see myself doing two stores because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm either all in or I'm, I'm not interested and I, I, I can't spread myself thin like that. I'm not like tired like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like it was time to kind of shut the doors of local and 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 get excited and and risk something new and try a totally different thing off a beaten path and like a street that didn't have the traffic of Hawthorne because Hawthorne was mm-hmm. like people walked it and it was like right. little shops mm-hmm. and kind of like a hey Ashbury vibe, you know? Got um, it. Okay. Yeah, that's the most private, you know, of description of Hawthorne. It's, it's kind of like post-hippie hate, hate ashray. I mean, it's just, yeah. And, and Maccus, we, when we moved Maccus, it was to a hyper-modern, small store off the beaten path, but on a pretty big street in, in Portland, but not a walk and not a, not a shopping street by any. It was very destination. It was very like Anthony Bourdain. Right. Kind of like how to find your place that you right. like to shop. And that's kind of what I wanted. I didn't, I was, I was like, you know, not taking advantage of the traffic of Hawthorne, but I was also like, I kind of want the people to come in to be specific and excited mm-hmm. about Ev. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was a gamble for sure. But, but hey, it's paid off 12 years. Totally. And it didn't always, that's for sure. Like it was always like, there was like those early days were really hard because it was mm-hmm. super slow days. And you're like, I, what the hell did I do? This is crazy. Right. right. How do you, how do you, how do you like fight back with those thoughts though? Like, how do you like, how did you personally, were you like, this is something that I'm passionate about. I have, I have to do this almost. Like, how do you like keep that mindset going? You just, for me, I just felt like I, I didn't have a lot of employees in the early days and just kept it really tight and knew that it, the worst case scenario would be just me work. Right. And no, knew that that, if that's as bad as it gets, it's still good. I can still yeah. do what I wanted, but it's just me, you know, mm-hmm. or my wife kind of joined in with me after a couple of years of, of Macus. And that was really great because we can kind of bounce ideas back and forth. I didn't feel mm-hmm. so isolated with the business, right. you know, but uh, yeah, just kind of trusting your, trusting my gut and, 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 and push through. Like it was, yeah. It was awkward and trying to figure out aesthetic for the, the brand and for the store right. and what Portland needed and what that street was ready to shop for and everything. It was just uh, yeah. weird. Those early, like 2012 to 11 to 13 were weird for sure. Right. Um, right. But it was, it was, you know, we had our, we had our customer base from local that did come over. So that mm. wasn't bad. And then we, we did start with women I, as I first started Maccas. I had one rack of women's and uh-huh. then it was like, just like straight men's and just, just diving into it. Yeah. Yeah. But that leads kind of me into my next question right after that is just like how you kind of talked about is like what Portland was ready for and what they're ready to shop, which now after 12 years, you know, there are so many staples of in Portland, such as, you know, Francis May and also Kissing Booth who are, there are owned by Bare Knuckles. Just like, you know, that's just a few, but how do you, have you kind of seen the Portland scene evolve outside of like what it's kind of always been known for, which is like those big two, like Nike and Adidas kind of being out in Beaverton. Like how have you kind of seen the Portland scene kind of change over time? 
Yeah. I mean, it's always, it's for me, Portland, I mean, primarily because I was based with local 35 on Hawthorne, it always in that street that was all locally owned businesses. Yeah. To me, that's like kind of the quintessential vibe of Portland, you know, just indie stores doing what they want to do and Mm -hmm. then indie brands and doing just cool, like people being agile with their business, right? And having fun with me, that's Portland. And it's changed a little bit. It's gotten a little bit, you know, for lack of a better term, like fancier with brand selection, but there's still a lot of really great stores doing really cool concept concepts and very good. They have their niches and they're very, you know, driven, which I think is, you know, for me, that's what's, I don't go to a store. I don't have any interest in going to multi-brand stores that are like chains. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. interest me. Right. There's no with it there's there's no point of view in mm-hmm. all this and you're grabbing it feels like they went to the acne showroom and just bought what the best sellers were for the season right and it's like cookie cutter basically miyaki did the same thing yeah. and then right you know and like margella did the same thing what are your top brands i'm earth top sellers i'm going to take that and then just go to the mm-hmm. next thing there's no duration so you know for me that's kind of where i like to shop is places like that and to get mm-hmm. inspired and do you think that like, that's kind of like how Portland has become where it's like, it has become more curated and it's, it is more like you go into the store, maybe they're not playing Lana Del Rey, but it's like you have that good feeling in your heart and in your soul a little bit about like, you guys are doing something amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it should stand out. Like, I mean, I hate comparing to other stores, but like for me, like what I kind of like the pinnacle store for me. Mm-hmm. If I look back at anything that was inspiring as a, as a business was Colette in Paris. Right. And, you know, Sarah's concept of that was literally one store on a corner in Paris mm-hmm. and make that one store as the best store and, yeah. and as energetic and creative as possible. Right. And, um, that's, that's, that's it. That's, you know, that's, I, the goal. I, I, that's a dream. Yeah. And like, I, like I saw my grandfather go bankrupt from having 15 copper rivets and mm-hmm. things like that. It's just not the interest of, for me professionally, I just don't yeah. see the value in that. I'm not that type of like business person. I'm right. way, way, that just doesn't interest me to go any bigger than that. And I, that that's sense. why I think I'm towards these like small little indie yeah. stores. Cause it's know? like, it's and, like, it's like they are putting kind of how similar to you. They're putting, they're all into it. They're all in, you know, they're not like, you know, that's their store. Yeah. It's not, you're not going to be the, the, those store owners as they're, they're not like the kit, the, the Ronnie's from Kiff mm-hmm. that are right. That are like showboating around. It's just different. <laughs> it's like, it is different. It, yeah. It, it's a different way of, of running a business. And that's, it's kind of old school mm-hmm. and definitely not like a money grab. It is like no. a passion. And I, 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 I respect people that work hard in their own businesses and that are on mm-hmm. the floor that are. You know, that's, those are the stories where I'm really like, you know, driven, like to find that find and, 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 and support and kind of like become a kin with hundred percent. That's a, that's a great answer. Well, you, we kind of talked about brand selection and like curation a little bit more for you and your own shop. Again, you could, you can say Rick, but I was going to say, I was going to ask you next outside of your own private label as well. Can you name three brands that you carry at your store? that you are the most, I guess, akin to maybe for you personally, or even for the business. Totally. 
I mean, John Elliott is one of, like, yeah. it's just like, we go way, way, way back to John when he was showing us his collection in a really? hotel room. Yes, personally. <laughs> so I feel uh, I got, I got a deep kinship with that brand, even 100%. though it's like, I mean, that makes sense. It's aesthetically different than like the Rick world, but it, yeah, you know, it's so big by it specific mm -hmm. to, um, so John, I think, you know, in terms of a brand that also took a chance on me early on as yeah. a small store, trying to get into a nicer tier, what else we got? I have so many like little techie brands that I love, like Goldwyn and Houdini and things like that. But probably another arc, like a big brand for our shop would be Braindead, even though yeah. it's like. Very it's, much it's in that streetwear aspect, you know, they're just so it's such a fine brand. I mean, it it's is. changed a little bit, a year and a half, really big, which is, is, is kind of a bummer, but I, like I, it's, you know, they were always like, we love doing build outs and projects and mm -hmm. they love doing project build outs. So it always lined up. We're always doing like something together with them. Right. And it just so what, makes what, it really. What from Braindead do you guys find yourself sells buying a little bit more? Because for us, it's a little bit different. So I'm curious for what you guys are like, kind of like bringing in from Braindead. Sprite t-shirt. Yeah, which is a lot of yeah. Sprite. A lot of Sprite. So, yeah. The, oh, it's, it's, it's funny because it's one of the brands that I absolutely love and I don't wear a thing from. So personal. <laughs> right, that makes sense. Or that I just don't wear. And, you know, and, and my, my wife would only yeah. wear Braindead sprites. Like she is very <laughs> much navy blue, tan, mm -hmm. like olive green. Braindead is like all those colors. Yeah. They very rarely like anything like purely black. So they it's don't. like, I they really don't. Other than like maybe like a hoodie or two, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm looking at one sweater now in black, but it's like, it's, it's few and far between. Right. But I love the brand and I love Kyle and I love what they do. And Kyle's not, it's like, it's got scale to be a massive brand at this point, but it's also, yeah. he is like working with Kyle is like herding cats. So it's like rain works like a small business, like right. throwing shit at a wall. I mean, like he got into playing magic and then eight months later, there was like a magic card. Yeah, magic, magic of the gathering, like collaboration they do. Yeah. It's crazy. He got into rollerblading and then a year later they had a them skates collab with, <laughs> with lady. Like it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Love that shit. That's so much. And, you know, it, it's just that energy I really appreciate. Right. So 100%. for them and, you know, we owe a lot of our, of that aspect with the store is kind of divided into two sections. We have like our streetwear mm -hmm. and then we have kind of like the more black avant-garde section. Right. right. Not as avant-garde as like a pure Rick store by any means, but it's just mm -hmm. darker aesthetic girl. Yeah. And then we have streetwear, which kind of is a throwback to my local 35 days. That's mm. just kind of, it's easy. It's, it's not assuming people can come in and be like, okay, well, this Rick shit is crazy. Right. You go get a brain dead tea. Cool. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we can kind of mix local 35 in here. It still right. definitely exists in the store. So what's that, what's that last brand then that you feel that kinship to then? You can't say, you can't say Rick. Uh, I'm not going to stop you from ever say Rick. <laughs> it's a newer brand for us, but it's been around for a long time that I just absolutely love is Maharishi. And it's just, there's something nineties about it, but right. like easy, like gothic -y Japanese. Mm. And I, I 
I love the, the mix. perfect words. The perfect words to mix. The true poem. I'm a poet. Yeah, it, it, it just it it checks a lot of boxes for me. It's really easy to wear, but it but it's dark wave, but it's also a little bit street. It has mm. like fun, and they're really. It's a cool team to work with, and I, I I just I have a lot of fun with that. That's awesome. But now, okay, we talked about brands that you guys carry, but it's my I'm really excited to talk about this. It's about your private label. So you guys have really started to develop your private label again, not only with like tees and hoodies, but also even like now jeans and like candles. Like it seems like you're kind of growing the brand like outside of the retail space. Like, what were those intentions behind like? starting the private label and when did you find that like, this is the moment in time to do it now that was always in the back of the mind when we started at Magus. that was like again it was like that looking at the at the new store switching from local 35 to Magus with something that had legs to be a right. bigger brand with right mountain breeze so to speak and once we once we figured out the logo besides Magus, because i didn't want my name specifically mm -hmm. on thing it was i'm not comfortable with that it's like a weird that yeah. took a lot of coaxing and convincing from my wife and from that's the way to go. But once we figured out that we, when we opened 11, 11, 11, that became kind of the bar logo for Mandy for moving forward. And it's once that kind of got set in place, it's, it's evolved really organically, which is great. Right. And again, kind of, again, like with local, like meeting these new people as you start, like I didn't have any connections to factories when I started Magus. And every, every few months you, 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 you know, you, a friend knows a friend in, in, in LA or in China mm. or in Japan or in right. Portugal, whatever, there's a new connection to be had that can do something else. And you're, as long as you're willing to take chances, it's fun to to kind of throw that out there. What if we did a pant? What would mm -hmm. that pant be? Um, right. So I think the most successful previously was our cargo pant from four years ago, probably uh, in terms of like blowout sale thing. Yeah. And that was just essentially a tweaked version of a creech. Wow. I hope that's to hear that, but <laughs> let's <laughs> never tell that. No, no Addy Rick for this one. Right. right. <laughs> you know, but it, at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a slim hey. cargo. Yeah. Not and reinvented the wheel. We just made a really nice version and, uh, you know, private label is fun. Like, again, it's where you're just, you're so agile when you're in this mm -hmm. position as a, is that back in the day when we saw the split hem men's tea, like the yep. tall, like the long, we were one of the only games in town. Wow. When we launched and we would drop, I mean, we didn't have a great web presence, but we would drop a split hem tea. Right. And watch Shopify just you explode. Could see it. You just, orders would just come in. And it was wild. That moment of time was crazy. That's when we were like, oh shit, we could really right. do something. This with has legs to this basically. Yeah, totally. And, you know, obviously there's bubbles and that was mm -hmm. like a weird bubble. That sure. was, that's like the, that was like a, the weirdest bubble in that moment in time. Totally. You know, so you set expectations knowing that at least, mm -hmm. and now we kind of settled into like where we're at and I love it. It's been great and found a manufacturer in Compton that is amazing that we work really well with, with them. And we have one in China that we do a lot of work with and yeah, it's been great. So that's my question then, like what separates the Macus blank? from other blanks that like other brands like do basically what, what to you, if you were to give a pitch of the Macus like blank, what, what about it? Would it separate it? You know, it's, it, 
we're it's definitely not reinventing the wheel. I mean, we're not, yeah. not like yeah, like the tall T day or doing anything mm-hmm. with weird split house that make it feel like it's you have to have this piece. It's really just a great boxy tee at, at a really really fair price, and it's like garment dye or pigment dye. We have our our logo on the bottom as like a repair logo detail in between the hem. Right. And it's, it's just easy. It's, you know, it's a made in USA organic mm. tea. It's 55 bucks or 68 with the wash. You know, it's just, wow. like, yeah. And we're not, the at this point, those like the tea trends are, are pretty few and far between. So it's, let's just get something that, right. I don't see the growth of the private label in that sector. I see that staying kind of like in-house. I would like to, one of the things for 24 to go circle back on that is, is to kind of put together a little, little capsule collection that maybe is offered mm. to a small of my wow. friend's stores. That'd be, um, yeah. So like kind of growing you know, it where it's like really curating that capsule to then not only be sold at your own space, but like to other people's spaces, like your friend's spaces. Yeah. Yeah. And not doing, you know, nothing that's like crazy. We're talking right. like small, like I would offer it, you know, to you guys and be like, here's what we did for spring of oh, 24. Wow. And it's two pairs of pants with a couple yeah. colors and we're going to have it in our store. This is it for you guys. If you want it. Right. Awesome. And that's the other thing. We're not buying anything more. We could just offer it as a, as a wholesale thing, um, which I think would be and super inspiring for me to kind of like develop it. Yeah. Um, I think it would, I think it would work, but. You know, that's, that's kind of one of the things that we're pursuing and, and thinking about. So do you know, what about like new product categories? Have you thought about that? I know you guys have done like home goods. Are there other home goods that you're kind of like, I kind of want to tap into? Or is it really just kind of like focusing on this whole, like developing it like outside of the store, you know, starting to deliver a few, you know, few capsules here and there? Like what, where's your thought process with that? Yeah, kind of developing like a full kit. So a okay. couple versions of pants, a uh, couple button up tees or button up mm. shirts for, you know, dress, like right. mildly dress because we have, you know, every wedding season, we have people coming in desperately looking for like your classic, always in stock, white, white, um, yep. yeah, yeah. Kind of tweaking, tweaking essentials, you know, for, for the yeah. job. And it's, it's, it's. It's fun. You know, we, we do everything from Topex, candles, like you said, our belts are really great and made in Portland and we're doing, we're kind of zip hoodie right now. That one's overseas, but it's, the quality is amazing on that. So we'll see if that sees the light of day. And we're doing, we did underwear that just came Whoa. out. Wow. And the <laughs> underwear is phenomenal. Do you wear it? Do you wear the Macus underwear? Oh, yeah. We all also take off his pants. And thankfully, we're on a podcast. So yeah, thankfully, 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 this is all audio. So, yeah, you know, we have socks, which are amazing socks. We have, you know, it's just like, to me, it just develops the brand and kind of in that Colette aesthetic or, or ethos of strengthening a your mm-hmm. once or how right. rich can you make that store? 100%. Yeah. I was, and then for you, like finding those to manufacture things like that, again, is it always been kind of like just word of mouth, like friends of friends and you're just like, oh, you do great socks. Like I've loved. Yeah. So is that how it's always been? You're not in your head. So I'm assuming so. Always. Wow. Yeah. Like friend will come through and, you know, who does production for one of my, one of the guys that I work with does all the designing for pleasures. 
And he wow, was like, okay. if you ever want, I have the connections, you know, let's, let's, we can, I can work up a CAD for you and I can send it over and get it sampled. And that's for that, for that example, that's where we got the B1 cargos that just wow. blew out. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's so fun. And then you're working with your homies. You're right. like, these are, it's, I, I, you know, I'll FaceTime with these guys like Lalo after hours and my daughter will be in the background hanging out. <laughs> you guys will just like, stop, stop. Just, yeah. You're like, what if we did this? This would be kind of cool. Yeah. And you don't have the pressure of seasons or collections. We're like, that, I want that's a big one. Yeah. Right. I, I want, uh, okay. Today we need a, we need a button up shirt for the store. Mm-hmm. As like a class, what's it going to be? And how do we tweak that to be interesting enough to separate it from your Nordstrom or Banana Republic or something right. so that it's still wearable as, and not too extreme. And it's a really fun, it's a really fun, inspiring project. So yeah. Something else, something else that really got me excited to talk about this. So when I was like writing out the outline, writing all these questions, you know, I was just doing some research on the internet and I came across even this video of this guy who had like your old Hemtees back in, you know, when you first dropped those and then now has the new boxy tees and he's just like comparing the two. It's like, does that also find, is that also rewarding when people like come in to be like, do you guys have Lacus T? Do you have, you know, the classic blank? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's the cool part about being in the store, in the business for 27 years, because I've, people still shop with me from Local 35, uh, right. which is just a trip and super. <laughs> and I think that's Local 35 wouldn't have been far off from having its own private label and it wouldn't be too far different from our stuff that we make in LA. Um, right. Tees and, and hoodies, like 100%. Not reinventing the wheel. It is just a really nice version of it. Yeah. And, but it's not, it's not, John Elliott pricing, it's, mm-hmm. it's really, it's really democratic in, in a yeah. sense, you know, it's just, um, and, and that's, and I, I like that. I, I like mixing that stuff in with, with the higher price items. Right. And that's like, keeps your excitement with it as well. It seems like it's like totally being able to do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're bringing in stuff that is kind of basic, but at the mm-hmm. same time, we, which is exciting. Yeah. So, being able to say that it's like yours personally must be like yeah. a thrilling thing. It's not exciting to buy a basic tea from John Elliott and sell at the store, but it is. It's your- <laughs> you like, yeah. Do you ever notice people that come into the store like that is you're wearing one of our t-shirts? Like that is ours. Yeah. Wow. That's gonna be awesome. Oh, I mean, we one of our biggest selling categories. Yeah. So excited. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you ever, you know, I guess like for you when you're like, I want to bring in the Oxford. What is that conversation? Like? Is there any? I guess you know, you're not really someone that gets nervous or scared in those regards, but like, were you kind of like, is there some sort of doubt? Is there any doubt that like, will this do well? Is that ever in your mind? Or is it kind of like, I want to do this. I think we really should. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I think it just always like, if you're, if you're honest with your, what you're bringing it in for or what you're, what you want to have in the shop, like what you're, what you see as a gap and, and I are lucky enough to be in the industry long enough and see these like trends come and go and see holes in the industry. Right. Mm-hmm. And I approach private label as kind of filling those gaps, those gaps. like beyond right. tees and our long sleeves and our hoodies. That's a different, that's just a core, something that's right. easy for the shop. But in terms of something special, that's more cut and sew, that's the Oxford or the cargos or any kind of pant or, or sweater or hoodies that is like literally seeing what, and, and it only happens if you're on the floor, if you're right. in, in the shop being attentive to your customer and seeing, okay, everyone's really wanting like a cool cargo that's 
fitted or or slouchy or mm-hmm. like a wide leg version of this with a double knee or whatever. Let's just fucking make it. Like, right. what's the what's stopping you guys? You yeah. can just sell us, and you know we're lucky enough to have these connections. And be like, okay, well, let's you know, I've, I've I have plenty of samples that I've never gone to production of things wow. that uh, that. I still love that we just, right. that just was too niche or too <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Right. hundred percent. Not all of them work. Not all of them hit production by any means, but yeah, when we find those pieces, it's, it's really, it's super cool. Like we have yeah. a tank top coming out or shirt coming out being made right. It is a First fucking place. fantastic. And that's oh, the three spring summertime fit right there with the tank top. Yep. It's a really good like rib tank. So I feel like that one's a great example of kind of just our process too, because it, we really just talk about it yeah. and then yeah. three samples showed up and it weeks apart yeah. and then it was just like, okay, cool. This is the one yeah. crazy thought process. Not to die. Yeah. No, and it, it's very much like we need a brand that's going to sell this and they, do, they don't exist. See that as something that could be a long-term category, you know? We don't need it to sell out like the split hemtees. We we just need it to be something that people like. Right. That could be like our underwear. We haven't even officially launched it yet. We're trying to figure out like a clever ad campaign, like a Instagram <laughs> photo. And right. Go between for sexy and crazy goofy. What? And yeah, who's that actor from the bear? Oh, J- Jeremy Allen White just did that campaign for Cal- Calvin Klein. <laughs> I was like. And for, for me, like a traditional photographer with film, I'm like, fuck, I want to photograph that kind of thing. And then we have right. a model that is really gorgeous that we could yeah. shoot it on. But I'm like, that it's too, it, then it's like Calvin Klein can get away with it, but can Macus? I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's hard. That's a harder part right there. So hard. So we're trying to figure out that campaign. But, you know, people come in, they're like, oh my God. You know, at, at this point, the underwear is more of like a, it was like a passion project to get in the shop as something of a core staple. Right. It's really nice. So I've given out a couple to cust- like really good customers and they keep coming they're they're coming back and grabbing a three pack. So it's like that's what we want is like yeah. this, you know again, it's longevity and this kind of creating something that is that has has legs for you know, for not being a flash, you know. Mm. Every once in a while you you'll you'll get a tall tee or a, a split hem tee. Thing that'll happen but it's 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 the few and far between that that happens yeah you know that makes sense you're kind yeah. of more more with more you know bone with more meat on it than just that mm-hmm. kind of right well as we as we move forward and as we you know start to wrap up a little bit here we did talk about 2024 we have talked about 2024 with Macus, but for you what is your own personal new year's resolution other than you know the new skill of photography that you're trying to learn and media that you're trying to learn. What's, what's like a more personal resolution that you have? I'm going to be honest. It's literally writing a song. Really? Writing some music. Wow. That's aw- with the new guitar skills that you've picked up since 2021. That's yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. What kind of, what kind, of, what kind of, what kind of a song do you want to write though? Singer songwriter, just something okay. guitar, guitar right. and, and, and um, studio. Oh, wow. That's going to be sick. Put it yeah. up there. Play in the shop all the time, make people listen to it. Yeah. Fortunately, Brax over here is a basically a, a sound master. And oh. I have a I have someone that can make me sound much better than I probably would be. So <laughs> I just like I uh when when I when when work get you know, you're when you're at the point with the store when you're always there and you're always mm-hmm. working on stuff, like it's 
I need to have those other outlets right. beyond things, whether it's like nerding out with video games or mm-hmm. like we're doing a Mac as D and D campaign this oh, winter. That's um, gonna be awesome. Oh, that's gonna be sick. That's so cool. Like we, so I mean, it's it's we get weird. I'm not, you yeah. know, it's it's you need that balance in life for me. 100%. Like I need those outlets, and it's not like just expensive weird clothes. It's like it right. needs to be, you know, spending time with my daughter, going out to the beach, and playing guitar and hanging out, mm-hmm. and and you know, being with a family out in the woods and. Doing stuff like that. So I feel like people think me eat, sleep, and breathe like clothes, but honestly, yeah. like, once we get home, it's like video games. Music. Yeah. 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 Very. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and I think that's why it's fun to be here at the store with such a small team. It's like mm. people start to realize that we're not like not at home just doing fashion blogs and, you know. I think, I think that's like, like when you work at a retailer, I think that's what, especially more of a boutique, that's what everybody thinks that like you do, that you go right. home. You go on, you go on like blogs or on Railed, and all you do is just scroll for countless of hours. It's like quite the totally. opposite of it, to be honest. Yeah, like, I come, yeah, I come I, home, yeah. I come home, I play, I play Pokemon. You know, I play on my Switch, just sit at home. That's all I do. <laughs> I got back into mountain biking, and you know, right? spend time with my dog and go and do shit in the woods. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. Um, like right now, right now, I'm like looking for a ro- a nice road bike. To, I'm looking at like a new Trek bike that I really want. I'm like, I just kind of, you know, I'm getting into triathloning. I think people get this big construes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love doing triathlons. So I really want to get back into it. But again, these are things that like, I wish people knew, you know, <laughs> I don't live. None of us live, breathe and die fashion, to be honest. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And, and just, I'm really like someone introduced, uh, one of my good friends from the industry introduced me to Rick Owens, the, the collection back in 2007. Right. And that changed my trajectory aesthetically, you know, right. It just it really well with me and it just fit with what I wanted. And I never got into it because of runway shows. Like I don't care about things or yeah. runway shows. I just care the stuff from his collections because it just, it just vibes with me 100%. personally. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's the, the fun part about fashion is like, if you can, and kind of convince people that do come in that see these brands that are immediately put off by it. If you can convince them that that's not mm, the case, that's not that you're looking yeah. like, I, I don't care if you like that or not, but it's like you, you might, and it, you're just going to be like, in, there, there's more to us, more to us than, than this. Mm-hmm. And there's, we bring this in and it's not just because of, you know, hype or something. Yeah. It's hundred percent. There's like, right. But okay, and then I mean, my last question, watch I have for you, and again, again, thank you so much for doing this with me. And you kind of answered the final, final question I was gonna have for you, which was the skill you wanted to learn. But we kind of already talked about that. But for you, like, what are aspects of Macus, and for you personally, that like people can look forward to now in 2024? Again, it could be private label stuff. It can be outside of that community events. Anything, to be honest, the floor is yours. Yeah, let me hear if you were running. Sorry. We're technically open right now. So I, it's a rainy, slow day at the shop. So we're just kind of hanging out. But here on the base. Um, I think the big thing for this year is I could, I could definitely see it getting into like media. Yeah. Uh, uh, media. There's something there and I'm not sure what it is or how to get to drive 
business per se, but I, I, you know, it's in its infancy and we're just kind of like playing around with some ideas. I, we have, we have so many collaborative projects that are kind of in the works that. Right. And it, the, one of the, more, the most are like they, they <laughs> pop up, you know what I mean? Like right. We, that's the, I mean, and Rob knows like, we, that's the beauty of a like, small biz. We don't know what's going to happen. Happen. Yeah. Like something really, you know, somebody might come in with a, with a cool brand and be like, Hey, do you want to do an event or something? Yeah. Yeah. Something uh, we've been doing is we've been doing like these art pop-ups, these like art collectives basically. So we have like local artists come in do a pop-up and like, again, they showcase their work at the store. They have, like, you know, displays and everything. And then again, for us, it's just like, kind of activating with the community. And for them, it's like, they're getting, yeah, if any pieces of art are sold, it's like the money goes towards them. We don't get anything out of it, but it's like, for us, it's like bringing in their communities into the store and stuff like that. It's like, it just pops up out of nowhere and pops up randomly. And it's just like, so amazing to come see to fruition, you know? Oh yeah. And it just, it just strengthens the, 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 not only just the store, but like the community and yeah. it brings like life. And it's so important mm -hmm. these small stores to, to show that they're like thriving or, you know, it, like I know State Street had a really hard pandemic and it was, I came back, it's been a couple of years, but it was, everything was boarded up and it was yeah. just, it was it brutal. Was, um, it was brutal. Obviously everyone knows Portland's, you know, situation right now with, with the concepting of, you know, we, I think we had our insurance told us we had about fifty thousand dollars in broken glass oh, in one. Holy. Wow! So, you know everything. Things, yeah. It's it's really important to to keep energy resilient and just keep the energy alive. You know, we have like at the front counter we have a QR code that's a neighborhood guide, and it's oh nice, love, and both within walking for the store, yeah. so the entire city, and it's just kind of. It's not a definitive thing and it changes all the time, but it's something that we, you know, if you have the day, these are some right. places that we, we personally love. Yeah. So it just, you know, it connects you to the community a little bit more and like also just allows people to be like, you know, oh, not only do I stop in here, these are some other places I want to go and check out. And it's like vice versa, you know, and you, yep. and you keep learning. I think it's, it's really all about learning. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just go support other stores that are doing, that are, that are kind of doing their own dream. Right. You know? And it's, I just don't, I just don't have a lot of interest in like big stores. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just not. I mean, that makes uh, sense. That's, that's totally understandable. Yeah. I, it, again, it's like that kind of older, I mean, I'm sure it comes from the insignia days or I was going to say it has days, to come from the state street insignia days for sure. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see stuff in stores that I don't see anywhere else. Mm, um, mm. That makes sense. That's, that's when you true, you, you get a, a real, real point of view from the owners or right. the staff, yeah, the right. staff. And it's just fun. Yeah. You know, just, I want to come into work and be inspired and be excited that I'm going to work every day. And mm -hmm. when later, I'm still as pumped to come to work every single day. And so right. yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. Wow. Okay. Well, that was it then, Justin. Thank you so much, man, for coming on here. Before I let you go, is there any, you know, where can the people find you? You know, shout out Magus, shout out your own, you know, photography, like anything that you want. The floor is yours at this moment in time. What do you want to shout out here? Oh, man. Yeah. Follow us on at Macus Online for our Instagram. What else? The store, the online store is just MacusOnline.com. Mm -hmm. That's 
constantly updated. We shoot everything in the basement and our inventory for the store is the same as an online store. Yep. So it was through both really fast and, and consistently between the two, which is nice. And we started a Macus camera club this last fall. Oh, nice. Which we're doing like a, some type of photography contest. Hopefully we have enough. I think we have enough submissions already. We can kind of like get down to a few of them and uh, we have a little camera shop that's in us. So yeah, the MCC, the Macus camera club. So that's going to be kind of fun. That's a good acronym, MCC right there. It's it's great. So that's going to be something that's kind of fun as a personal side hobby, kind of store. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, tons of new products and new brands. We always bring in like little emerging designers that are kind of unproven. And that's the best way to, to for us to do it. Extend with these like staples. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really exciting year. Yeah. 2024. Here we go, right? Here we go. All right. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate you guys. And yeah, best of luck to August. And yeah. Best of luck to you guys. Thank you. Yeah. We love August out here. We said, we talk about you guys all the time as like another fellow, like small. Boutique. Yeah. We, we do it. It's like, it's like a whole like network, you know, we're like a small little network here. Not, there's not a ton of those little small stores. So it's really not important that we stick together. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Justin. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And uh, we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. Thank you.